Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Well, hello and welcome to the week 15 preview. Hard to believe we are at week 15. Uh, the NFL was so verklempt about it that they've decided to push games out all the way till Tuesday. Uh, which we will get to as we're going through the line. Merry Christmas to us. Yeah, Merry Christmas. If you did not want to have to spend any time with your family, well, the NFL has got you covered. Between now and Christmas, I think there's only one day so far uh, that they don't have any games, and we'll see. Maybe maybe we end up with some Wednesday games. But before we dive into the action, how are you doing, Dennis? You know, I'm not in the protocol, so, you know, I'm doing great. Yeah, Just, you got to be one of the few connected to the professional football league that isn't in the protocol right now. I'm just taking it like it's like it comes. You know, some people are freaking out, and it's just—I mean, it is what it is. I I consider myself lucky that we got to week 15 before everything went off the rails. We got a Christmas gift. We're going to get NFL football virtually all the entire week starting tomorrow. So it's like, hey, let's just go play. We got fantasy. Everybody is subject to it. Some people are going to get COVID, get hit by COVID worse than others, and it is what it is. You, I'm, I'm team, you don't need to put – you don't put substitutes, manage your team. Maybe I'm an asshole, but, I mean, your roster is what your roster is. Play with the guys you got, and you put somebody in the starting lineup. I mean – 
nobody, I mean, who could have predicted Terry McLaurin was going to have a, get a concussion last week and put up a zero. You don't get to put something in there. You, you, you take a risk. You look, you, you're playing it. You know, do I think this guy's, you know, how does it look? Should I play this guy or that guy? It's just, you make your best guess and you move forward. Well, and hey, if you're facing uh, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, your week might be over anyway. That's so, <laughs> before we dive in, we want to uh, let you know that we're a proud part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, a great network with a whole bunch of shows out there. Everybody, when they go live, goes under the hashtag TPPN, so be sure to check that out and see what everyone is doing. Uh, but as mentioned last night, the Chiefs and the Chargers played in a game that wasn't delayed. Uh, actually ended up being a pretty fantastic game, especially down the stretch and into overtime where the Chiefs got a big 34-28 to victory. A big road win for the Chiefs. What does it mean for them going forward? Well, they're, you know, they're hitting their stride at the right time. That defense is playing really well. Frank Clark and Daniel Sorensen, you know, everybody hates on Daniel Sorensen. But for whatever reason, he's stepping up. And last night with missing Chris Jones and Willie Gay, and they were missing a Legereus Sneed. Yeah, Sneed. The defense had a tough go of it with, with the Chargers, who have a very, very powerful offense. You know, it, it was what it was. I, I know a lot of people are up in arms about, you know, uh, Staley going for it on fourth down, but I think it shows a lot of guts and a lot of faith in your team. A couple times, you know, the plays were there. They just, they just missed it. You know, Cook dropped that one pass. It was about, I don't know, probably three inches too far. It was so close, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think it was a huge win for Kansas City from the standpoint that it not only gives them breathing room, but had they lost, they would have been swept by the Chargers for the season, which would have put them in a precarious position. I think, to me, it all but assures that they're going to be the AFC West champions, which is what we thought back in August. It hasn't always looked pretty, but they've gotten there. I was also... You know, I think if you're a fantasy player, you have to be encouraged unless you're facing them that both Hill and Kelsey got back more involved because for a few weeks there, it had kind of, you know, a lot of the jokes about Mahomes being a game manager. He definitely had to sling the ball. Uh, and I, I loved when they asked him, I don't know if you saw what happened on the Michael Hardman play on fourth down. And his response, it was a shitty pass. I mean, you got to take accountability when it's there. And I mean, I, is who's going to argue with him? I mean, it was a shitty pass. I, I know they showed the replay and Eggman was like, oh, well, he's got it turned. He's not on the laces. Man, you're throwing the ball 15 yards. I can throw the ball 15 yards without my fingers being on the laces. Maybe not under that much pressure, but I can do it. So I would assume somebody who does it for a living, you know, the laces are important, but they're not going to, they shouldn't be a make or break on a throw that short. Like the only thing that would have made it better is somebody commenting on the lace position of a football if it would have been Dan Marino in the right. color chair because that would have made it better. Sure. So the, the Chargers dropped to 8-6. and six. They're still uh, in position to get a wild card now. They've, they've been good at times, struggled a little bit at times. What does last night's outcome do for them with three games left? I think it puts them in a tough position. You know, they've got a pretty good team, but they're just not quite gelling on defense, I think, as much as they 
they need to. They could squeak into the playoffs and be very dangerous. Um, it was nice to see, you know, Justin Jackson step up uh, and, and carry the ball a little bit more with uh, Eckler. You know, I don't know what kind of tape they used on Eckler when he sprained his ankle, but it worked a miracle. He, he looked pretty decent. Though Jackson, 13 carries for 86 yards, was very productive. He was breaking off some nice chunks. Um, really, you know, it's it's sad to say, but maybe if they'd have kicked just one field goal instead of going for it, it, it would it would have been a different story. But, you know, you make the plays your team can make and you believe in it and, and you go for it. Uh, I think they if they squeak into the playoffs, they could be dangerous. Yeah, and I think they'll still make the playoffs. They, they have a pretty soft final three, and by pretty soft, I mean they get the Texans next week. Uh, and then they have the Broncos at home. They lost to the Broncos earlier this season, so that could be a tougher one. But then they have the Raiders, and I think we think the Raiders are kind of fading out. If they win at least two of those three and get to 10 wins, I think they're in. From my standpoint, what I've found interesting with the Chargers is they seem to be a better team on the road than at home, which has seemingly been the case for the Charger organization since they left San Diego. So it may be better for them to be a wild card than a division winner. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes for them. Yeah, aren't all their games on the road? Yeah, pretty much. Well, Dennis, uh, the season's winding down. Why don't you tell folks where they can go to dominate their league? So you can dominate your dynasty leagues. We're, we're it's, you know, there's the playoffs are, have started. So somewhere between 50 and 70% of all dynasty players are out of it right now. So you're moving on. What can you do? You go to the dy- go to dynastynerds.com and get the dynasty GM. It's the tool you need to get the job done. Integrate seamlessly with your MFL sleeper flea flicker and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. Uh, Use the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. This is the time of year where you're looking and you're seeing like, all right, I've got a 46% roster ship of Brian Edwards because I thought he was going to be something. Do What kind of, how much should I still stay invested in him? What can I actually move him for if I do? Uh, use that use that roster ship tool and figure out who who are your guys. Uh, get exclusive rankings and more. Use code Roundtable for fifteen percent off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle with the Dynasty GM. Uh, bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more. It's easy for me to say. Was it easy for you to say? (laughs) Till the end there, I guess. All right. Well, we're going to dive into the week 15 preview. I'm just going to be honest. uh, After the NFL made all of its changes, I still have the games in the order they were originally scheduled, and that's how we're going to roll. So our first one, which was originally scheduled to be tomorrow afternoon, is the Las Vegas Raiders 6-7 and at the 7-6 and Cleveland Browns. This one has now been punted to the early game on Monday. Um, Darren Waller is for sure out. He was ruled out on an injury basis. I'm guessing they don't reverse that. So which Raiders are you confident starting in this one? Well, obviously Hunter Renfro. He's wide receiver five over the last five weeks. He has developed a chemistry with Derek Carr um, that, you know, he's going over 100 yards. He's catching eight to 10 balls. It's just there. He's getting open and, and there's no denying that. 
outside of that, you know, I think Carr and Superflex, especially if Cleveland's going to have their defense decimated to the extent that they are, uh, if they don't get some of those guys back to be able to play on Monday, it's going to be a rough go of things for Cleveland. Um, I, you want to? I, I think if the defense, uh, like right now, I think Miles Garrett's the only defensive end that's not in the in the COVID protocols. They had both defensive starting defensive tackles were already in the COVID protocols. It could be a real good game to start Josh Jacobs if some players don't uh, make it off the the COVID list. Yeah, Renfro is an easy start for me too. He's wide receiver twelve on the season. He's averaging almost sixteen points per game. He's everything we hoped Brian Edwards was going to be in terms of being a volume target. I'm with you about Carr has been a decent super flex option all all season. And I, I I'm also interested in Jacobs. The running back landscape is not <laughs> incredible, uh, and you know there's no Kenyon Drake. I don't even know if they're going to get Jalen Richard back. Peyton Barber doesn't activated. do a lot for me. Well, he, he even he if he's there, he and Barber don't do a lot for me. So uh, you're probably hoping Jacobs falls into the end zone, but he's out there. So with all these COVID cases, uh, you know, obviously it's not going to be settled for a few days now getting bumped to uh, Monday night. But which Browns in the passing game, we figure you're starting Chubb, but which games in the passing game do you like? Well, they don't have a ton of receivers available right now, so it's it's uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, he made a great play last week. He's starting to come on and play really well. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable st- sliding him into a uh, flex position. The other uh, guy that I'm looking really hard at is David Njoku. We've seen him flash on and off all season. Well, now Hooper and Bryant are both out. Um, Forrestall is the second tight end, and I believe he's technically a tackle. Um, so it's going to be David and Joku. Uh, somebody's got to, you know, they have to have somebody to throw to. Higgins will be out there, uh, but I, I'm really, I'm really pretty comfortable with Joku as a top 15 tight end, maybe top 10 tight end, uh, in Donovan Peoples Jones. The guy that I would be kind of looking at uh, as a sleeper really is Demetric Felton. You know, he's he's available. He's done some wide receiver stuff. He's done some running back stuff. He could slide into that uh, Jarvis Landry role and, and be able to work that short area. So he's really a guy that, that I like, but I don't know yet if I have the confidence he's just going to step in uh, with Nick Mullins and get, you know, nine targets, you know, we'll call it Jarvis Lander type. So nine targets for, you know, 82 yards. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be that high a volume. It seems like it might be a game where they're going to try to hammer Nick Chubb, get him 25, 28 carries and, and throw when they absolutely have to. But we've also seen Nick Mullins when he was in San Francisco kind of step in out of nowhere and produce. So as far as emergency quarterbacks go, I suppose it could be a lot worse. Again, a question for me is moving the game to Monday, whether they have a chance to get either Keenum or Baker back or even a Jarvis Landry. I think you have to watch it. But assuming that they're with just what they have now, and Joku was a guy I was targeting as well. I actually ranked him uh, inside my top 12 this week. I think he's kind of the 
probably one of the premier options. I'll be curious to see how Donovan Peoples-Jones does. He, he had a good game last week. He's probably the best receiver they have available right now. you got to also hope none of these other guys come down with it because it seems like it's clustering in some of these position groups. It is. Uh, so who are you picking in this game? You know, I, I, I'm probably picking with my heart, but I'm going Browns. I also went the Browns. I think it's also partly I just don't trust the Raiders right now. Well, the one Saturday game we know we're getting is actually one of the well, premier matchups. As of today, we know we're getting it. Well, they said they're not uh, – They're not. Uh, this one's not moving. I think the Patriots already traveled for it. So the one – it is a pretty good premier game. The 9-4 and four Patriots, currently the top seed in the AFC, are at the 7-6 and six Indianapolis Colts. Damian Harris has been ruled out. Uh, which Patriots are you starting here? Uh, obviously, Stevenson. Um, he's been, I think he was like RB24 or so over the last four, four or five games. Uh, he's got a solid floor as a flex play. Uh, so in splitting time over the last five games, uh, Stevenson has played four, Harris has played three. They've averaged 12.3 and 12.1 points per game. Uh, so he gives you a solid floor um, when they're both out there. So the opportunity for Stevenson to get some additional carries, and he is the better receiver of the two, this could be a very, very good game for um, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. You know, Mac doesn't do a ton for me. Kendrick Bourne is wide receiver 24. Uh, Jacoby Myers wide receiver 47. So it's – All season, the receiving game has kind of been lackluster, dart throw kind of plays. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and so you may have them in your starting lineup. It just is what it is, and so you're going to hope. But Mac has shown that he's he's a a good quarterback. He can be productive. So I would expect him to to check in somewhere in the top 18, top 15. So he's definitely going to be worth a super flex play. Yeah, that for me, Ramondre Stevenson is a no-brainer play with Harris out. And then I actually have Jacoby Myers as the higher of receivers. I have him in the flex territory. And I have Mac Jones as a low-end super flex option. Yeah, I think the numbers I had there were for the last five weeks. I, I, no. I was just looking at that few-week trend. So on the flip side, the Colts, uh, they were going pretty hot and then took a took a little break. Any concerns about starting uh, Jonathan Taylor against this this defense? And how do you feel about Michael Pittman? Well, concerns, you know, Belichick's MO is to take your top guy out of the game. So that's clearly going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I think that you know, maybe we're looking at a 20 carry, you know, 80, 85 yard game from Taylor. Well, something like that is going to eat up clock. He's also a a good receiver out of the backfield, but when they're doing that, something else has to give and you've got an alpha receiver like Michael Pittman. Uh, I I think I am okay starting that. Um, You know, I don't expect a five TD game from Jonathan Taylor, but if Belichick is focusing on stopping Taylor in the run game, that is going to open up some more opportunities for Michael Pittman to make some plays. And even T.Y. Hilton, is is he healthy? 
know. He's been allegedly. I mean, as healthy as T.Y. Hilton gets, luckily. Right. I yeah. I'm starting Jonathan Taylor. I think he's he's too good. I mean, they may hold him down, but we thought Tampa Bay might hold him down, and he certainly was worth a start there. Pittman, I'm a little more cautious about just because I think they have some good secondary pieces he could match up with, and maybe it's me not having as much faith in Carson Wentz as I have in Jonathan Taylor. So, but uh, who right are you picking so. in that game? I'm taking the Patriots. I am taking Jonathan Taylor and the fighting Indianapolis Colts. All right. Well, on to a game that uh, for now is still going to be played on Sunday morning. The five and eight Carolina Panthers who barely have life in the NFC playoff picture heading to the seven and six Buffalo Bills who are hanging on to the last rung of the wild card race right now in the AFC. Uh, last week, Cam Newton split with PJ Walker. Is he still a start? And if not, are there any Panthers you like? It's it's going to be a rough playoff stretch here with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I I think we all saw that after we got the initial buzz of, of Newton coming back, you know, he his arm is shot and PJ Walker is not the answer. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, somebody can step up in that passing game. Did you see the report today that they now think Sam Darnold might be ready by week 16 or 17? Well, it, if I after watching PJ Walker and, and Cam Newton, I'd have been like, Sam, hey buddy, how are you doing? Is there anything we can do to help? Let's kind of see if we can move this thing along here. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take Sam over both of them. I mean, I don't know that Sam is the answer, but I know that uh, uh, I definitely know that the other two are not the answer either. Oh. I think if you got DJ Moore, you're probably sticking him in your flex spot. And Robbie Anderson, I think you can justify not starting um, just because he's been, you know, he's only had a couple good games this year. But, you know, we have also seen Anderson put up some big numbers. It's tough to start Chuba Hubbard at this stage of the game. Um, He may, he, you know, he's just such a, a roll of the dice. Yeah, and see, so in terms of Cam Newton, I don't trust that they're not going to platoon, so I I don't even have him in my top 24. DJ Moore is battling a hamstring injury and is questionable. I mean, my my impulse would have been, you know, he's a start no matter what, but now you do kind of got to wonder if Robbie Anderson ends up being a better start if he's gimpy. I don't think I have incredible faith in either of them, and I'm with you, Chuba Hubbard, has has not even been 2020 Mike Davis out I mean, there. Robbie went seven for 12 for 84 yards and a touchdown last week. So Robbie has had some better chemistry with a couple of these other, other quarterbacks. He just seemed to have zero chemistry with uh, Sam Darnold, uh, which was part of the problem in New York too. Uh, with Emmanuel Sanders likely out, uh, which receivers step up for Buffalo? We're probably all already starting digs, but is there any of the other ones you're locked onto? Oh yeah, Gabe Davis, man. You know he he was uh, a hot topic uh, in preseason and early season after the season he had last year. There were a lot of people expecting, frankly, more out of him. Um, but you know Manny Sanders came in. Cole Beasley did what he does. And Dawson Knox was just hot as hell. 
Uh, he's had an outstanding year. So um, Davis kind of got pushed down. You know, with uh, with Sanders out, Davis is going to slot into the starting lineup there, and he can produce. He's a big wide receiver with good speed. We've seen him work in the red zone and score touchdowns. I really like Gabe Davis. Yeah, I'm interested in Gabe Davis this week, too. It feels like it was this time last year that he really started to come on. And I've been fascinated. Carolina traded for not one but two cornerbacks, and it seems like their pass defense has gotten worse. So I don't know what that says about Gilmore and the guy they got from the Jaguars. But uh, who are you taking in this game? I am taking the Bills. I'm also taking the Bills. And Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, if you're out there, please win this damn game. I mean, my God, my my Super Bowl pick just looks worse with every passing week. This can't happen. Another game likely playing on Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals, 10-3, and three, coming off a tough loss to the Rams, are playing the Detroit Lions, 1-11-1. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is out, likely for the rest of the regular season. With him out, are there any passing game weapons that you feel confident in? Well, I don't know if I'd, if I'd call it like uh... – is, is what it would be. But we have seen A.J. Green um, look. He's flashed a little bit of that old magic, but he's just not been consistent. Christian Kirk will pop off every now and again. I mean, And, frankly, Kirk leads the team in targets, catches, yards, and is second in touchdowns. Granted, the majority of the reason for that is that Hopkins has missed a bunch of games. Um, but I think he – I, I think Kirk is somebody that's definitely flex worthy and probably green for me. But I, I think to me, it feels like Kirk is probably the one of the two that's going to get the most volume and the volume he gets is going to be a higher percentage for conversions. Like a lot of the green stuff is, you know, fly routes down the sideline, things like that, that are a little bit harder to convert. The payoff is great when they do, but you know he he isn't quite as fast as he once was. Was and while he's still a, a big guy and can battle at the catch point, um, you know he's thirty two years old now or thirty one years old. I, I'd love Ertz a little bit if he you know wasn't battling that hamstring, but that makes me nervous. Yeah, and the one that seems to have just completely fallen off the radar altogether is Rondale Moore, who had a couple of big games early in the season, but they cannot figure out how to use him. James Conner uh, is tracking. He's questionable. He could be in there. Chase Edmonds was running routes on Friday, so you'd think he's going to be back. Those guys I feel more confident in, but I, I'm with you. I can't bring myself to totally trust A.J. Green, especially having watched some of the ways he shit the bed in that Green Bay game. I don't know how Kyle Murray trusts him anymore. So Christian Kirk is probably the one that I'm, if I was forced to put money on, uh, and please let that never happen. He's <laughs> the one I'm leaning toward. Uh, so they have Hawkinson obviously out for for the season swift has now been ruled out jamal williams still has not come off the COVID list do we see him this week and if we don't how are you feeling about that detroit backfield is it uh reynolds for you well you know reynolds stepped in because jefferson was dinged up i think it was supposed to be jefferson i think he was sick yeah they never said it. it was the nebulous yeah. illness but of course he was active on game day and it's like let's go oh. right so you know that was that was a, a pain in the butt there. 
I, I do think Jefferson is probably the more talented of the two, but I think Reynolds went out and showed that he can be trusted to produce. Uh, I, I feel like it's Reynolds and Jefferson kind of at the top of the order there amongst those guys. And as explosive as, a, as explosive as Igwebuke looked, I think he's, you know, they really like him on the, the kick and punt returns. He's more of a special teamer. He'll, he'll play a few change of pace snaps, but I, I think it's, it's Reynolds and Jefferson. Um, I just don't know. I don't have a feel for whether or not Campbell is going to say, Hey, you showed me something last week. I'm going to give you some run first. Or if he's going to say, Hey, Jefferson has been our number three all season. And with one and two out, I'm going to roll him out there first. So I, I'm not comfortable really starting Jefferson or uh, Reynolds. But I feel like whichever one does get started will produce something. Uh, for me, I think I think uh, Swift is going to join Hawkinson on the the no more games this season. Probably. Well, and Jamal Williams, they, they haven't really talked about. It. He must have a pretty serious case of COVID because he's been on there for a little while now. Is he is he vaccinated? Do you know? I, I don't, and with like 100 million NFL players in the protocols now, it's been hard to keep track. But I tend to, with you, I, I really liked what Craig Reynolds did last week, and he seems like the kind of heart that Dan Campbell would reward. But if it's me, I'm, I'm staying away from Detroit's backfield. Uh, who are you picking in this game? Taking the Cardinals. I'm also taking the Cardinals. All right, the New York Jets, 3-10 and 10 at the Miami Dolphins, who, even though they're 6-7, and seven, feel like they have a pulse in this playoff race, man. Michael Carter looks like he is going to be com- coming off IR to play this week. Uh, if he does, are you playing him? Yeah, I might have to in a couple leagues. Uh, and if uh, COVID keeps rolling around like it is, a lot of people might have to. You know, he started to establish himself before he got injured, and – I think he's clearly the most talented back that they have. So I'm not opposed to it. It seems like right now I'm defaulting to everybody being a flex play. I don't know if that's a function of my uh, not having my rankings completed or having the rankings that I did get completed ravaged by COVID uh, or if it's there's just so much uncertainty and you don't know how much run somebody's going to get. I like Carter a lot. Uh, the challenge he has, Miami gives up the seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs. The, the golden, the silver lining to that is that they're kind of middle of the pack in receptions to running backs. So there is some hope because Carter has shown that he can catch the ball as well. So it, it feels like it, it might be one of those 13 for 45 13 for 55 kind of games uh, on the ground and five five targets with three catches, and then you're hoping that you can find the end zone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I am rolling him out there, but not so much because I think he's going to have a powerhouse running day because it's not a great matchup. But he was getting a lot of dump-off and passing action when he was out there before, and they, they don't have more. They don't have Davis. Crowder looks washed. Uh, Braxton Berrios is about the best they got out there right now because apparently Denzel Mims 
couldn't beat a cushion off the couch uh, to get out in playing time. So I think Carter will be involved enough to return. I actually had him as a low-end RB2, um, so I wouldn't be shocked there. Another backfield that's been a quagmire. At one point, I think everyone that that had ever considered playing running back for the Miami Dolphins was on the COVID list, but they got Gaskin and Ahmed back, I believe. Um, what are you expecting from this Dolphins backfield? Yeah, I, I think aren't they supposed to get Malcolm Brown back from the from IR this week too? Yeah, that was or, a potential. It might have been Gaskin and Malcolm Brown that came back. I know they said two of them. No, that came Gaskin back. and Ahmed did come did come back from the COVID list, but I know Malcolm Brown was trending towards. Uh, uh, they have designated him to return, but have not identified a date. So, so if I, I'd certainly prefer. Miles Gaskin to the likes of uh, Duke Johnson. Um, I, I, I didn't even know they had Duke Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. It was they were potentially looking at Duke and uh, maybe Malcolm if Malcolm got activated. Maybe that's why they're they haven't said they're doing it for sure because they got some other backs. <laughs> right. So no, I think you know Gaskin's a good player. They're they're playing the Jets. This is the kind of game where you know Gaskin puts up a hundred yards on the ground and catches six balls. So I, I'm, if Gaskin's playing, I'm real comfortable rolling him out. Yeah, me too. Uh, who are you picking in this game? I'm taking the dolphins. I am also taking the dolphins. A lot of, uh, being on in lockstep, uh, it's probably not a good sign this week. The Dallas Cowboys nine and four heading into New York to take on the four and nine giants. Jerry Jones said this week that Dak is in a slump. Will he break out of it in New York? Well, it's a great opportunity to break out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a division game. It, it means more personally. Um, Zeke is playing through that knee injury, and uh, uh, Pollard's got the plantar fascia on his foot. So to me, I feel like it's an oppor- it, It's they're going to be left with uh, a lot of passing opportunities. So it, it's a great with Gallup and Cooper and CD Lamb all set to go. Dalton Schultz ready to roll. Uh, I do feel like it's it's a bounce back game. Yeah, he usually plays pretty well against the Giants. I am a little concerned because Tyron Smith has been rolled out, and that's never a good thing for the Cowboy offense. But I think Dak will be fine. Uh, on the flip side, Smith is probably their offensive MVP. That's true. On the flip side, no, uh, Daniel Jones again may not see. He also might be on your uh, Hawkinson list of, of ending the year. But when you're talking about neck injuries, not very encouraging. So it's uh, the great Mike Glennon once again. Uh, we also know Kadarius Tony. He, he too has been on the COVID list for a couple of weeks, kind of a little bit concerning. Looks like Galladay will be there. Looks like Shepard and Slayton will be there. Are there any of them that you trust throwing into your lineup? Nope. Yeah, that's 100% how I feel. I mean, too. speaking of being on the COVID list, like J.J. Taylor of the Patriots has been on the COVID list for like 10 weeks now. What was the – I can't remember. Was it right Paul Armstead for the Jaguars? Oh, yeah. It was like all year, 11 yeah. weeks into the season, and they were like, he, it's been awful. He And I don't think – I think he had to retire from football. I uh, know he was, he was, I think he might be on the saints this year on their no. practice squad. That, I mean, you never know. I mean, COVID hits people 
all kinds of ways. I think the only giant that I'm interested in playing is Saquon, um, who seems to do pretty well against uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely playing Saquon. I'm going to probably be forced to play Galladay. Um, and I, I actually, I do, well, I don't know. I, so my thing is this. I've got a lot of leagues. And I don't always remember which ones I have to still set lineups for. So I'm still setting all my lineups just to make sure because I'm so terrified I'm going to miss one. And so I'm like, I go through and I just keep setting my lineups, just keep making sure going through and checking for COVID because I'm just so paranoid I'm going to miss setting a lineup and it's going to knock me out of the playoffs. I think I made the playoffs in like eight out of 17 leagues that I wasn't in a rebuild. I've got like three or four rebuilds, but. I'm terrified of that. I'm scared shitless. I'm just going to not set my lineup in one league. I am picking the Cowboys in this game. How about you? I'm taking them boys too. All right. This is a game that was supposed to be on Sunday morning. Washington football team, six and seven at the six and seven Eagles has big playoff implications as this is part of a glut. Both these guys are in a glut of teams at six and seven in the NFC. It has since been moved to seven Eastern on Tuesday night, which is good news probably for both teams. Jalen Hurts still trying to work himself back from an ankle injury and Washington dealing with COVID and a variety. Anyone who didn't have COVID was in the injury protocol. So what uh, are you expecting from Washington's offense? We don't know who the quarterback will be. We're hoping Terry McLaren gets cleared. Uh, from concussion protocol. Antonio Gibson so far seems to be good to go. We'll just keep him in a bubble away from everyone else. Well, you got Ricky Seals-Jones too. So uh, Cam Sims caught a touchdown pass last week. You know, De- Deami Brown is is still there on the fringes. And, you know, the guy who maybe so depending on how deep they have to Actually, go. Actually, Cam Sims is on the COVID list. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm looking right now because they had something like 21 people on the on the COVID list. Uh, it looks like McLaren uh, uh, McLaren is close to being cleared. McKissick also has a concussion, trying to get cleared. Curtis Samuel questionable with a hamstring. Yeah, I think he's already been ruled out. Actually, the uh, well, they they may have changed it because they moved the game because uh, now he's officially listed as questionable. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, you know who's surprising there that everybody keeps forgetting about is Adam Humphreys. You know, if you're looking, you know, it's Dollar Store, Hunter Renfro. And if we get him, he's not going to get you a ton of yards, but he's going to be where he's supposed to be, and he's going to catch the ball. He doesn't drop the ball a lot. He's a hard worker. Um you know, he may be able to to pull some stuff off in a pinch, but I don't know. I feel like that offense is going to be kind of a train wreck. Yeah, that's my concern is if Garrett Gilbert, who got signed off the street, ends up having to start for them, you probably have to start Terry McLaren um, because you don't know. And if it being a Tuesday game, it's going to be really tough having like alternative options, but I think it could be a big Antonio Gibson game because they're going to ride him, you know, and he also can catch some passes because we don't know yet if McKissick is going to come back and Jarrett Patterson's not been incredible filling in. 
Hertz uh, seems like he was trending toward was going to be able to play if it was on a Sunday. Should be in there on a Tuesday. How do you feel about him this week? You know, I if he's playing, if he if he gets healthy and uh, pass gets out of the protocol, or is he? No, he's an injury issue, right? Yeah, ankle injury. So if he's ready to go, I feel feel good about him. I I mean, they've got you know Smith and and uh, Greg Ward, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, they've got some weapons and they're playing okay. Um, and then he gives you that extra bit of rushing. You know, he may try to tone that down or they may try to pull it back a little bit depending on how healthy he is. But yeah, two extra days is going to be, I think, a real benefit. I think that is going to probably put him on the field as opposed to Minshew. So I, I like the prospects there. Yeah, I think he comes back too, and I, I'm definitely starting him in Superflex. I have him just outside uh, my top 12, but if Lamar Jackson was to miss, he'd probably vault up in there. I think he's going to be okay. Uh, actually, a surprisingly a pivotal game in the NFC playoff race. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Eagles. I was really torn, but I ended up taking uh, Washington. I think I'll stick with that. <coughs> So the Tennessee Titans, 9-4 and four at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. How do you feel about the Titans' offense, and is there anyone you want to play? Well, I I, uh, I think I'm going to be forced to play Tannehill. I've got uh, Taylor Heineke in a super flex league, and uh, it looks like uh, he's going to be out with, uh, with the COVID. Um, you know, Foreman and Hilliard have settled into uh, – some consistent roles, Hilliard catching the ball, Foreman running it. Uh, Hilliard is the more productive, especially for PPR. Uh, but I think if, you, if you're looking for a couple floor guys, uh, those are probably a couple guys that are going to get you 10 points. Um, you know, I think you got to play Julio. He's the one there. And, I, you know, sometimes I go back and forth. Receiver 61 last week. Yeah. Well, and last week what I said is I felt like Julio was going to draw attention away from Westbrook Akini and kind of did a little bit, I guess. So they just got to convert. But I think it comes down to how well does their um, offense produce or their defense, excuse me. Yeah. Well, and the way I felt about Tennessee is they've been uh, miraculously just finding ways to win and pulling it together as a team, but you never really know who's going to do it. I tend to be like USC Foreman as kind of a, a flex option, and Tannehill's probably a super flex start. I I agree you're probably starting Julio Jones probably just because where you took him and because he's by far the best option in their passing game. I just don't have a lot of confidence. I mean, are you going to start Adam Humphreys or Julio Jones? You start Greg Ward or Julio Jones? <laughs> Flipping sides to the Steelers, we kind of know how we feel about uh, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, and Pat Fryermuth. How about Chase Claypool? Is he uh, an every week start for you? Starting, I, I I think probably if you you know if it's a three wide receiver league, he's probably an every week start. The guy is really really talented. Um, you know, I don't have any issues at all flexing him, and I think he's got. You know, he's got a lot of upside. I think some of it's limited by the offense that they're running with 
that what Ben can do. Ben's been playing pretty well, but he he doesn't quite have the arm strength that he used to to get the ball downfield. Uh, Claypool is kind of their downfield contested catch guy. Uh, I like Claypool a lot. I think he's really talented. Um, and as, as a wide receiver three, I can probably hang there pretty good. Yeah, that's how I feel. He's he's probably always a flex consideration. He just feels a little more boom bust because of the nature of Ben's arm and what they're doing. This too, a huge matchup for the AFC in terms of playoff seating. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Titans. I am taking the Steelers. And God help me, I don't know why, but I'm taking the Steelers. Onto a game that has zero playoff implications, but might be a lot more fun uh, now that a certain head coach is no longer trolling the sidelines or the fans. The Houston Texans, a powerful 2-11, and and the Jacksonville Jaguars, also a powerful 2-11. and uh, Davis Mills is there. Um, David Johnson possibly going to start this week while Rex takes his back seat. And Brandon Cooks, you know, out there on an island wishing he, he was part of a better team. Is there a Texan you're excited to play this week? I feel like this is a trick question. Um, I'm intrigued by Brevin Jordan. Uh, I think he's developed some chemistry with Mills. He's got 17 targets over his last four games. Uh, he's stepping into that receiving tight end role. You know, Brandon Cooks is is – guy that you can typically count on is he having a a wide receiver one year no but he's still having a pretty good year david johnson's a a a tough one i feel like if johnson's gonna have a good game like a really good game this year this is the one it's gotta be this one uh i'm all I, i sit here and i'm like the only hiccup is Royce Freeman's going to come in and catch 10 passes. Oh, David, Johnson will, David Johnson will end up carrying the ball like 14 times for, you know, 51 yards. And then Royce Freeman catches 10 passes for 79 yards and two touchdowns. And you're all like, oh, that should have been David Johnson. Well, the way the Texan season is going, we just need to hope David Culley comes out and says they're going to feature uh, Royce Freeman in the offense because that that's the kiss of death for whoever. Right. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks has had very good rapport with Davis Mills in the games they played, and he did really well in the early season matchup with the Jaguars. So I'm playing him with some confidence, but that's it for me for the Jaguars. I agree with you that I like Brevin Jordan as a prospect. I'm not to the point of desperation yet where I'm – where I'm taking a flyer on the Texans tight end in the playoff week. And I don't trust their backfield rotation. It has been a hideous enigma all season. Even removing pieces has not clarified what we were hoping for. (coughs) On the uh, flip side, ding dong, Urban is gone. Uh, What do we expect from the Jaguars? Well, according to Daryl Bevel, it's more cowbell. I know. You know that's that's the saddest for Terrell Bubbles now their head coach. It was like Urban's got damn it. So no, I think it's uh you know, Bevel said he's gonna feature James Robinson. We, and Carlos Hyde's been ruled out. So Yeah. I mean, I'm curious. Did they just say, Man, we're just not gonna play you this week? You know, take some time, take a week. I'm gonna go see if listed a reason so, other yeah. than Urban's gone. Let's I want you to take a week. Think about your sins. 
you know, we'll discuss next week and see if you're going to stick around. Since he has a concussion. I yeah. didn't know he had a concussion, but I guess. Urban must have kicked him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who would have known Josh Lambeau was going to save the Jaguars season? No kidding. So I, I, I like J-Rob this week. I think he's going to be productive. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not at a point where I'm just going to automatically – trust that Trevor Lawrence is going to start slinging it. Uh, but I do think that Marvin Jones is set up to smash this week. I think he's the, he's the number one receiver there right now. And it, what I'm interested to watch is that now that urban is gone, is Bevel going to get creative in how he uses LaVisca Chenault, like creative, like even just run a route, run a normal route. And we'll throw you the ball kind of creative. I don't think the word creative and Daryl Bevel have been used in the sentence in uh, quite some time. Uh, I'm with you about James Robinson, but I'm, I'm also cautious about the passing game. I kind of want to see what this offense looks like without Urban Meyer for, for a little bit before I'm just going all in on them. The only one I'm confident about is James Robinson, because if we know one thing, it's that Daryl Bevel likes to run the ball. And they want to keep Trevor Lawrence happy, and he seemed uh, to be advocating for James Robinson quite hard. Who uh, are you picking in this powerhouse I'm, matchup? I'm taking the Jaguars in a revenge game. I am also taking the Jaguars. Well, tell the people what they can expect from DraftKings.com. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings, Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes for the, with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score with $100 and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, in a, the afternoon slate here on Sunday, big wild card battle, the 7-6 and six Bengals at the 7-6 and six Broncos. It's a good defense the Bengals are facing this week. Any concerns about their fantasy assets? Well, they've performed well earlier this year against Baltimore and Green Bay, who both have pretty good defenses. Uh, Baltimore at that point still had like all of their good defensive backs. Um, so I would expect they'll be able to move the ball. It, it's going to, a lot of it's going to come down to if they get pressure on Burrow. Can, they, can he get rid of the ball? Uh, so this could be a Tyler Boyd game. 
because if they, if they start getting pressure on Burrow, he starts getting hit, he's going to start taking those quick looks. And and Boyd is the short guy, short game guy, Higgins intermediate, and chase the deep ball. Um, but we know it only takes one or two plays with Chase for him to put up 100-plus and a touchdown. So I, I'm comfortable starting the Bengals. I think that uh, if you got this far with Joe Mixon, you're going to keep riding him. And and Burrow is just going to have to go out there and play like a champ. Yeah, I'm excited. I think they'll probably stick Sertan on Jamar Chase, and that's going to be a heck of a rookie battle. I'm with you. I lowered. Um, they probably matched up how many times in college? Probably, well, two or a three. Few, a few times, yeah, yeah, because they were on uh, opposite teams in there in the SEC, probably in, in big games. I uh, lowered my uh, rankings on Chase, Higgins, uh, Burrow, and Mixon this week, but you're probably still playing all of them. I still have them in that in that range. Uh, Denver's defense has been decent, but they've not been completely unbeatable, although they they have held some some decent teams in check. I think for Burrow, the thing is going to be trying to avoid turnovers. That's where they've gotten guys like like Herbert and and things like that. That's where they've been able to turn the tide. Uh, for Denver, um, their running game has been incredible. Their passing game has been uh, incredibly disappointing. Is there any piece of the Denver passing game you are trusting in the fantasy playoffs? I am shedding tears right and left putting Cortland Sutton on my bench. It is. I mean, like, get a four-year contract only for Teddy Bridgewater to forget you exist. Well, here's, here's what I think. I, I feel like – uh, Patrick and and Sutton sign those deals because they know they're going to have a better quarterback next year. You know, it's like okay, here's where we are. But I don't know. You know, better at this point in this season is kind of a nebulous term. Um, but Teddy is what Teddy is, and he's going to try to manage the team to wins. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they can start to make some plays again. But man, it's it's tough. I, I do know that if I, if I'm in dynasty leagues and and we don't have a trade deadline, now is the time where I'm going out and I'm trying to buy Cortland Sutton uh, on the cheap and just see, you know, if I can find somebody that's frustrated, if I can get Sutton for you know the two hundred one or something, because somebody's just like screw it, or I can trade a lesser wide receiver. That's having, you know, if I can trade Cole Beasley, who's producing for Cortland Sutton, who's not, because somebody's like, I just, I, I think I can win. I just need a piece. Probably have to go a little higher than Beasley, but that's just who popped into my head at that point. But yeah, and the problem, the problem really is they have four receivers, two tight ends, and two running backs that are all getting targets and it's not a target rich environment you know if teddy throws it 30 times that's a lot in a game you're not getting that many completions sadly for me the only two that i feel confident throwing into a lineup is melvin melvin gordon which is his revenge on me i did and javante williams um both of them are questionable um I I think they're both going to play, but that does bear watching because if one where the other is out, the other one becomes an even better play to me. Who are you taking in this pivotal matchup? I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Broncos. I wish I knew how to quit you, but 
Um, I actually think that this is the kind of game that that Denver wins just to give us one last piece of hope before they leave a brown streak the rest of the season. Another game that has playoff uh, implications for both teams, shockingly, is the 6-7 and seven Falcons at the 7-6 and six San Francisco 49ers. Aside from Patterson and Pitts, are there any Falcons that are at play for you here? Oh, yeah, definitely I'm starting Russell Gage if I got him. He's wide receiver 5 over the past – or wide receiver 20 over the past five games. Yeah, I, I feel like he's a guy now that you're sitting there and saying – I can start him without thinking about it in my wide receiver two spot. Yeah, and I still feel like he's going under the radar a little bit, um, probably just because of a slow start. And I also think Matt Ryan is not uh, a terrible super flex option uh, this week. Uh, How do you feel about Jimmy G in this matchup? Atlanta has given up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I feel pretty good. And Kittle, well, is Kittle. So uh, I'm I, I'm happily uh, – you know, I don't know about happily. Is it, do, do I think he – I'm think happily. Could I've vaulted Jimmy the, G into my top 12. Yeah, I, I'm like, he could be top 10, but I, I, I feel like he's probably top 14 more, more comfortably. But, you know, no guts, no glory. Since week 10 – which was about the time that Kittle came back. Jimmy G is actually QB seven in fantasy. He's been better than I think we realize. Which it's going to be very fascinating what the 49ers end up doing this offseason because they they sold the farm for Trey Lance. Uh, you know, I know Jimmy G has always been decent for them when he's been healthy, and he just hasn't stayed healthy this year. He stayed healthy. I think they end up in the playoffs. It's going to be an interesting offseason, but I'm firing him up this week. Elijah Mitchell is out again, so Debo probably the primary running back along with, with Jeff Wilson. Who are you taking in this game? Are you looking forward to Jimmy G in a Denver Broncos uniform? Honestly, with the how he's played, I'd take him over Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. He throws the ball down the field at least. Yeah, I think it, that that might be a, a nice fit there. Uh, I am taking the 49ers. I am also taking the 49ers. So this is another game that uh, has had COVID all over the Berg and has been shipped to, to Tuesday night. But the Seattle Seahawks, 5-8, and eight, are heading to Los Angeles to play the 9-4 and four Rams. Rashad Penny, your boy. Came back to life last week. What are you expecting as an encore? Man, I so would love to see him not pull a hamstring in the first five minutes of the game. But I think history has told us that, you know, every time he flashes, something bad happens. It's like, can he just not not tweak something? Because he's soft. And it's not a – good or bad thing it just is a thing there are other you know Zeke Elliott plays through whatever is sidelined Rashad Penny the last four years Zeke Elliott plays through it even the broken bones and torn ligaments Uh, but man so the Rams are middle of the road in fantasy points versus running backs but they give up yards to running backs on receptions and, and Penny is a pretty good receiver so as long as he stays healthy, I feel like he's going to get some opportunity um, to convert some plays. He'll get some, he, and he's a big enough guy; he can he, he should be able to run the ball inside fairly well. 
and and he's fast enough that if he gets to the second level, he can break off some big chunks. And he's a good route runner, so he could be effective in the in the passing game. I really, I really am trying to convince myself that you know we're we're looking at a continuation of last week, but I'm not buying it yet. I think it'll be an okay yeah. game, but I'm just not ready to you know place that bet that he's gonna you know run away from the from the Rams defense and put up a hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. So. I think he'll play okay, but um, you yeah. know, you probably start if you have him. You might be flexing him. You might be risky and starting him as your RB two and hoping for you know a wide receiver twenty to twenty four sort of performance. But it's it's going to leave you sweating the whole time. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm I'm excited to see him kind of get the lead roll down the stretch and to see what he can do. But I, I'm with you. I need to see it more than one time in uh, what is it four years uh, before I'm totally set on that. I'm in the flex territory, um, and you know I hope he has a nice audition down the stretch here. Uh, how about the Rams backfield? Darrell Henderson. Uh, it looks like with the game sliding to Tuesday, has a legitimate chance to come off. But I think Sony Michelle has looked pretty good uh, filling in for him. If both are available, how does this play out? Uh, frustratingly is how it plays out. I, you know, I, I like Daryl Henderson and, and I like Sony Michelle and it feels like it's turning, getting ready. It went from, well, if Henderson's healthy, he's our guy. Michelle is just a change of pace, you know, give him a breather to Henderson is out, Michelle is the guy, and he's going to carry the rock uh, to this week. If Henderson gets healthy, I feel like we're looking at a Dontrell Hilliard, uh, uh, Dante Dante Foreman kind of split, and it's going to be that where you just are like, all right, I guess I'll take my 11 points and go home. Yeah, you know, the, I know the Rams typically have liked to ride one back, and you would think Darrell Henderson probably goes back to his role when he's healthy, but Sonny Michelle to me has played so well and plays a little bit different with a little bit more power that I don't think he gets completely cut out. I think they end up splitting, and it probably lowers the ceiling for both of them, especially on a pass-heavy offense. Who are you taking in this one? Taking the Rams. I am also taking the Rams. So one Sunday afternoon game we know we're getting uh, at this point uh, that's been pretty good on the schedule is Green Bay Packers, 10-3, and currently the top seed in the NFC, taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who are barely holding on to the lead in the NFC North. They're 8-5. and Uh, The Ravens' secondary has been decimated, so you figure it's a good game for passing. But aside from Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, is there anyone you're excited to fire up? I'm always excited to fire up MVS. That's my dude there. Man, it's it's a game where it's he should be able to – get it done, hit a big play. You know, he, he's going to have those sort of head scratchers where he drops one or because of the nature of the targets he gets, Rogers just isn't connecting with him. You know, occasionally you'll see that where they'll, they'll try three or four deep balls in a game and, and one is defense nicely and three of them just are off, off the mark far enough that they're not real legitimately catchable. 
But man, the dude is is good, and Rogers is building trust with him. Um, you know, and, it, and if I need to take a shot at tight end, you know, Josiah Degora has started to pop his head up and and make some catches. Uh, you know, I've got a team that, unbeknownst to me, uh, our playoffs started a week ago. And this would have been my week to – I was, like, right on the edge. If I'd have won this week, this week's matchup, I'd have made it into the playoffs. And I go to set my line. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, but Josiah DeGuara on that team where my choices at tight end are Jack Doyle, Pharaoh Brown, Jordan Akins, I'd have been loving to grab Josiah DeGuara and put him in as my tight end. MVS – it should play, but he's stealing with a little bit of a back thing. I think it's Alan Lazard season, and I just have a feeling that we're going to get. You know, he was pretty involved. <laughs> I know, but he was pretty involved last week. I mean, you could be right. MBS really only needs one seventy-five yard bomb to make his day, but I have a feeling Alan his day to Lazard. make my day. <laughs> On the flip side, Lamar has said he's going to play, but he still has not practice yet they still have him on uh, you know as questionable so they haven't ruled him out if he does go how do you feel about playing him well I think you really have to temper your expectations on the rushing side of things uh, I, I feel like a lot of times uh, where he would pull it out of Freeman's belly and run it himself in this game he's just going to stick it in there and they're going to take the happy yard or the one yard play uh, but we've seen Lamar be a very accurate passer in the past. Rashad Bateman is coming on and giving them another option to go along with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. Uh, so I'm not overly concerned with whether or not he can be productive. Uh, I think they're going up against a team that honestly at this point just has more offensive firepower. And with Lamar being limited uh, on the rushing side of things, uh, I think that's going to hamper them some. Yeah, I mean, I lowered Lamar a bunch in my rankings. I think he probably still will try to go and gut it out and play at least starts the game. I think if if Baltimore had 10 wins right now, they sit him easy. But they – they're facing a lot of pressure in their own division and they don't have any margin. I think he's going to try to go, but what has made him such a fantasy asset is that rushing ability that probably, you know, I, I don't foresee it being there. Who are you taking in this game? Taking the Packers. I am also taking the Packers. Well, Dennis, Christmas Eve is a week from today for those last minute shoppers. What good news do you have for them? Well, this is the last weekend uh, and I wish I could show it to you, but I, I, I had to leave it at my office. Got me some cool fantasy football roundtable merch for the family. Got the one son a hoodie, another one a three-quarter sleeve raglan. Uh, got my wife a nice three-quarter sleeve for her to kind of hang out and rep the brand. Uh, just in time for the holidays, get your fantasy football roundtable gear at viridianglobal.com. Snapback hats, trucker hats, T-shirts, three-quarter sleeve raglans, and my favorite hoodies all adorned with the Fantasy Football Roundtable logo. This weekend only, get 10% off Fantasy Football Roundtable gear uh, with a code ROUNDTABLE. That's viridianglobal.com slash collections and select Fantasy Football Roundtable. Use our code 
roundtable for 10% off. Should be there by Christmas. No nice. promises, though. <laughs> All right. Well, the Sunday night game is another one with playoff implications with the six and seven team. This time it's the Saints at the Buccaneers, who are 10 and three, currently the second seed in the NFC. Is Taysom Hill a good play in this matchup? You know, I don't I don't think so. Uh I, he's probably gonna get some rushing yards and Probably going to vulture some touchdowns. I don't know. Maybe he's a good play. I have uh, a noted anti-Taysom Hill bias. I recognize that. It is what it is. I'm not seeking therapy for it. I'm learning to live with it. Uh, he's not a great passer. Um, so a lot of it's going to come down to, for me, I think it'll come down to what does Tampa Bay's offense do? If Tampa Bay gets out of the gate really fast and all of a sudden Taysom Hill is having to start chucking the ball around. I think that sets the Saints up for a, a really rough day. Yeah, you know, I as much I like Taysom Hill, unlike you, but even I um, dropped him a bit this week because you know he's got that plantar fascia injury uh, that he's been playing through, and he's been doing pretty decent. But Tampa Bay. They are a great defense if you want to throw. They're not a great defense if you want to run. And New Orleans pretty much only has a star running back and a, you know, Tim Tebow Jr. <clears throat> so I don't think it's the greatest potential matchup for Hill. On the flip side, I'm going to change the question up a little bit. Tom Brady has done a lot as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but one thing he's never done is recorded a regular season win against the rival New Orleans Saints, including this year. Does that change? Yes. Yes, it does. It's kind of weird that they've been his uh, his bugaboo. So I guess with that, you're probably picking the Buccaneers. I am. I mean, the Saints give up the third fewest rushing yards in the NFL and 15th, they're 15th in pass yards to running backs. So this to me is, you know, it's a Lenny game where he's like 20 for 67 with three catches for 27. Uh, and a touchdown. Um, well, and he's a little banged up too, so I'm wondering if we see some some Rojo. Well, maybe, but I, I think so. We know that Lattimore is going to shut down Mike Evans. This is, you know, yeah, this is going to be that game. But Chris Godwin and uh, Gronkowski, Gronk, yeah, it, you know, there's they just have too many weapons, and I think eventually Evans will get a big play, maybe even a touchdown because they'll start to, they'll, they're going to be able to produce with, with uh, Godwin and Gronkowski. And I think that's going to cause them to pull off of Evans a little bit. Uh, and, and Brady only just needs a, just a sliver to get the ball in there. And Evans, I, I know that uh, Lattimore is Evans's daddy, but I think he, he might get one this week. Yeah, I do like I do like Godwin in this game, and I'm also taking Tampa Bay. Well, the the Monday night game that was always on the schedule, but is now maybe not the best of the Monday games. The six and seven Vikings, who are trying to cling to playoff life at the four and nine Chicago Bears. Aside from Justin Jefferson, how do you feel about the Vikings passing game this week? Adam Thielen has not been ruled out yet, but still has not practiced. I think KJ Osborne has shown that. He's the future number two. Uh, I'd have to take look up and see where Thielen is contract-wise. 
But I mean, dude's 34 years old now or 33 years old. And uh, Osborne is, he's having that second, third year kind of breakout. Uh, he He's shown that he can be relied on. So I, I like Osborne, um, you know, tight end is a, it's a touchdown dependent kind of thing with Conklin. Um, so I'm not really into that, but uh, I, I'm very comfortable starting uh, starting uh, KJ Osborne in my flex. Yeah, and I don't think we see Thielen. I think they'll they'll rely on Dalvin Cook quite a bit too. But I like KJ Osborne. I think he's a wide receiver three for me this week. And Conklin is a decent flyer. I th- I thought he was going to do better last week, uh, but didn't make it. On the Chicago side, Allen Robinson has been ruled out. Not that that really makes a difference. Uh, how do you feel about the Bears receivers? You know, Mooney has been stepping up, but and then what? Last week it was Jakeem Grant and uh, Demir Bird. I don't know what to make of it, man. Uh, I, I I really don't. Yeah, I know it's been kind of a Justin Fields. I feel like has played um, better but it's made him a little less reliable. I, I feel confident in starting David Montgomery. Mooney is still the one that I rank the highest, but it's been giving me a moment of pause too. I don't know if there is a Bears passing game option that I feel confident starting if I need a playoff win. Yeah, it's honestly, it's wait for the offseason and see who the new coach is and see if that new coach can set some sort of direction with, with Justin Fields and get the – get the potential out there on the field. I am taking the Vikings in this one, preparing myself for the Mike Zimmer back into the playoffs, uh, coming out of a a pile of six and seven teams. But what are you doing? I'm taking the Vikings also. Well, on that cheery note, uh, we will be back with you on Monday to uh, recap the action that happened, although there will still be four four games ongoing in the week because that's just the kind of week it's been. Who knows? By that point in time, there could be even more games. Could have a Wednesday game. There. But uh, stay loose, uh, watch the lineups, and uh, stay healthy out there. We will see you next week. Be water. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?